Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome to the show, my good friend, Paul Kazanovsky. Hey, good to be here, Victor. It's good. We're in 2023. Look at us now, huh, buddy? How long have I known you for now? Some quite some time. We've met many years. Like we met like 2010. So this was what 13 years. 13 years, yeah. Been a long journey. It has. It (laughs) has. Now you've been a past guest on the show, but for the folks who haven't met you before, maybe give a maybe a brief bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm essentially I'm Canadian. I'm from Montreal. I grew up in Montreal and Point Saint Charles. Uh, not the best place to grow up in when I was a kid and, you know, single mom, but always had dreams to to do well in life. I stayed away from like the bad parts of being in a bad neighborhood and got into boxing and stuff. And because of boxing, I ended up going to California and signed a pro contract from there. You know, boxing wasn't paying the bills. And I met a long lost aunt and uncle from my father's side, which I didn't grow up with my dad. So I didn't know them, but they lived out in California and they, lo and behold, they were from um, the former Yugoslavia, which was a communist country. My mom was from there. My dad was from there. And I found just regular people doing real estate. And I thought growing up in my neighborhood, you had to be an actor or an athlete or or some kind of like some something that gets you out of like a bad part of town. And I just met them and I saw them doing real estate and my uncle and aunt became my mentors. And then I jumped into real estate full time and I started doing single family homes. And then I started doing multi and then I started building and then chopping up farms and selling them off uh, to other builders and building alongside with them. And now I reside in Nashville, Tennessee, and, you know, I love it here. I stayed in California for quite some time and then moved to Las Vegas, started building custom homes there. And then in the downturn, and we felt that downturn a lot quicker than most people we we felt that downturn in 2007 because Las Vegas was the fastest growing city, but also Nevada as a state and Reno and everything was blowing up because of the casinos blowing up there. So I saw the downturn in 2007 and I moved to Nashville and I took all the things that I learned in building custom homes and I started flipping homes here in Nashville. So it was between two places. I did my research. I I came down to two cities. It was Austin or Nashville. I picked Nashville because I I felt it was just better for family and stuff. So that's how I ended up coming here. And I haven't left and I'm not leaving anytime soon. Well, and I've seen your projects in Nashville and you do a very high volume of work and you do spectacular work. Thank you, buddy. Obviously, the last 24 months have been, if you had a pulse and you can breathe and you know which end of a hammer to pick up, you can make money in real estate. Because the rising tide lifts all boats. Clearly, the market conditions have changed. How has that forced you to pivot? What have you had to do differently? Because it's happened really in a very short number, a few short months here. Yeah, historically, we've never seen this. You know, my my uncle, which I mentioned was my mentor, he started buying in 1968. So he has 54 years under his belt. 
and he's seen the up ebb and flows of real estate being up and down or even just a, a regular real estate market. But even on the onset of COVID, when COVID hit, there was a little scarcity there. And then all of a sudden, everybody was overpaying for things. And we had to pivot at that point, knowing that, listen, it's harder to get deals. So we had to put in sometimes 100, 200 offers to get the right deal to do, whether it was a multifamily or just even a single family. Now, What's happening, because historically, we've never seen a rise in the interest rate where we're at six, six and a half, where we were down at 3%. What's happening is people are not dropping their price fast enough. The interest rate's high and we're having problems selling properties because you can rent for cheaper than you could own now. So I think that's what's happening. And our pivot is where instead of doing, you know, like in during COVID and prior to COVID, even in 2019, 18 and 17, we were doing those big luxury homes, a million and a half, two million, sometimes even three million. Right now, that is seized up. So we're really going back to basics where we're doing projects under a half a million. Our pivot was where we want to be where more people can afford to buy. During the pandemic, you could put a $2 million house on the market, a nice five, six, 7,000 square foot house, and you get multiple offers. Right now, they're not. that's not happening. So we had to get out of that. And we also pivoted on some of our homes that we were building instead of building 3,500, 4,000 square foot custom or semi-custom homes. We're doing more entry level 16, 17, 1800 dollars homes that we could sell for 350 to 399,000 or somewhere thereof. So that's the pivots that we had to make. And um it it's working, but it is tough. And I believe this year is going to be a tough year for a lot of people in real estate, quite honestly. There's no question about it. There's no question about it. And one of the biggest costs for anyone who's in the business of selling a finished product, that hold cost on the back end when you've got a finished home that isn't selling and it's just sitting there on the market for 60, 90, 120 days has got to be painful. Uh, how do you make sure you've got enough reserves? How do you make sure that you know, you're not going to run out of extensions on those construction loans and all the rest? That's a great, great question. I mean, it's by doing volume. And I think, you know, it's funny because I coach a lot of students and I've coached students in the past and and myself even, where you look down the line and you're like, if you don't have something closing, enough closings, you're not going to be able to, to offset some of the things that are sitting on the market. So I'm seeing a lot of even my students that were doing very well in 2018, 2019, during COVID, where they're at a standstill right now because they can't sell some of their homes and they don't want to re any up, so to speak, to buy something because they don't have the money to, to offset if it doesn't sell. So I think doing the volume, but really starting to readjust and going back down to where the buying pool is bigger has helped us. And don't forget, for guys like you and I, Victor, we I've been a frugal guy. You know, I've made a lot of money in my career. But I'm not a fancy guy. Like even the house that I own, I bought it at a discount. I remodeled it. I rehabbed it. I got a good deal. So I practice what I preach. I don't just buy the stuff that I want. 
without getting a discount. Even with my cars or anything I buy, I always look for a deal. And I think now more than ever, uh, the pivot is, hey, if I don't get a good deal, I'm not buying. And I even readjusted my numbers on the homes that we're buying, even on a single family, I'm back down to 60% loan to value, 65 max loan to value. During the good times, we were going up to 75% loan to value. So that's how you offset those. And guess what? If you're hanging on to something, it's better to drop the price, make it cause it to sell. And that's what I do. If I don't sell something in less than, let's say, 60 days, I'll, I'll even sometimes push or even take a small loss, but just get it off the books because while you're holding on to them, it just kills your bottom line. It kills your cash flow and cash flow kills businesses. And that's why sometimes it's better off to just cut free from one of them, lick your wounds, move on. And that's why I always preach, buy them right. Buy them at 60 to 65% loan to value or else when these, these turns that happen, which in historic historically, we've never seen it turn this way, but thank God I was able to buy them right. And some of my students got trapped in that bubble and now they're suffering very dearly and not being able to make those payments actually. So it's hard. Yeah, it's a absolutely. I've seen so many transactions where people say, oh, that's the market. That's the market. I've got to pay the market. And I'd say, no, uh, it doesn't matter what, what other people are doing. You've got to stick to your knitting and Make sure that you're comfortable with uh, with the ratios, with your underwriting rules, and don't change your underwriting just because the market's changed. Right. And I did, even during COVID, when everybody was overpaying, I'm not going to say we didn't overpay at times, but I knew that we were going to get a multiple offer so I could adjust the numbers and still still stay within a very reasonable uh you know, profitability on that project or property. But now it's like, I am not moving. I am, I'm back to 2008, 9, 10, when, you know, back when nobody was buying and I'm very diligent. I, you know, I, I check everything twice. I don't just jump into a deal. And I, I, I advise anybody listening to us right now, if you're in this industry or wanting to be in it, you have to really be stringent on your numbers and your numbers. Like if somebody doesn't want to do it for your numbers, next go to the next person that does there's always somebody that needs to sell whether it's a multi-family or single family or a piece of land um the one good thing i could say in terms of building is if you build an entry level home like a 16 17 1800 square foot home the the materials are down from covid so we're still seeing, I just sold, we, we built nine new homes that we bought the land and stuff. So we went ahead and built, but because the materials and some of the labor came down, we were very hard on, on labor. We're very, we have our own guys, so we can pivot there and tell them, listen, we can't pay you what we were paying you in 2019, 2020, 2021. 
if you guys still want work and and, and you want to adjust with us and pivot with us, you might have to take your profit down a little bit and help us get through this tough time. And it's just about talking to your people and having the right people and sphere of influence around you. But with the materials down and the labor, you can hold down a little bit where they could still feed their families and do well, but you can still make a profit. Then building, you still could do it, but to build some of these semi-customer custom homes that we were doing um, in the last three, four years, I wouldn't do it. I would stay away from that right now. One of the things that's been driving the national market for years has been the influx of population. And I don't know if my number is current, but I've heard many times that the average was 120 people a day moving into into Nashville. I don't know if that's still accurate. Is Have you seen those migration numbers change in the last year? Is it up? Is it down? How is that affecting things? Yeah, it's definitely changing. What we, we're seeing is do we still get showings? Well, yeah, because I still go by what my model from the day I started in real estate is I have to be the best house with the best finishes with the best price. And now more than ever, this stands truth. So I'm still getting a lot of showings. But what I'm also noticing is people are not putting in offers quickly and people are are kind of holding back because you actually could rent for less than what you could own. It used to be where you would want to buy a home because it was cheaper at 3% or 2.8% or even 4%. Now with it being at six and a half percent or and climbing and and you know, there's still fear of it going up to I've read up to about eight to ten percent in some of the 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 um papers and, and, you know, news channels I've been hearing, but I don't panic. I just adjust. And I, I'm I'm a positive guy by nature. And I've been doing this a long time. I know you have a lot of people listening to this podcast, probably been doing this a long time. So we can't stop. This is what we do. We just have to pivot and understand our numbers better and get more into the buying pool where more people could afford. And that's, really what we did we put the brakes on on a lot of the bigger deals that we were going to do and then we we went back down to the entry level type stuff under a half a million 300,000 anything under 300,000 is still getting offers but they're not getting offers like 10 15 offers like we were getting we might get one maybe two offers so these are the type of things that I love to to share with people because I'm in it you know, I have 23 projects on the market right now, and a lot of them are not getting offers. We do get showings because we're the best priced house for the nicest house, you know, in good areas. Usually we buy location, 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 but we're not seeing that the person that's buying to be quick with the offer. And what happens, what you said on the onset here of this podcast is, you know, it starts costing you if you're you have hard money or bank money. And all of a sudden we're seeing our profits really get tighter and tighter. And on some of the projects, quite frankly, we don't see a profit. And there's been even two or three of them where we actually lost money, which quite honestly, in 679 documented deals, 
that I've done in my career, single family homes, not multi, but 679 documented deals, not some guru in a in a suit with a tie telling you how he did these deals. I actually did them and I have proof of them. I usually don't lose money on my deals because I'm diligent on my numbers. Even as diligent as I've been, some of the stuff that's happening in the market has even hurt us. And I'm I'm just honest about it. Uh, it, I don't want to be the doom and gloom guy. Uh, market's dead. It's not dead. You just have to implement some of the things that we're talking about. And you should still be able to, I hate to use this word, but survive past the hard times. Because no matter what, and Victor, you know this better than anyone, markets change and you just have to pivot and change with the market. But you don't stop what you're doing. You just have to pivot. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. Well, Paul, it's been great catching up with you. If folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Um, actually, you're not going to believe this. I just got off of social media. I was on Instagram and, and Facebook and all of those things. Uh, I'm on WhatsApp. And people could reach out to me and stuff like that. In the recent couple of months, two, three months, I just wanted to really concentrate on my business. I, I spent a lot of time, you know, with a lot of people, students and people in a in a disarray, so to speak, with this business uh, called real estate investing right now. And I really had to just get off of all platforms and literally go fo- refocus and just like put in offers. And that's what I've been doing a lot. So but, you know, you could get me on WhatsApp, LinkedIn. You guys could give them my number if they really want to hear from me more. Well, what we'll do? I'll be back on Inst- I'll be back on Instagram and Facebook very soon. I just needed to really hone in, and we set goals, and you know, and I just wanted to like do what I did back in 20, 2007, 8, 9, 10, where I was just involved. I'm more involved now than I was in the past ten years. I love the the frank conversation. And for what we'll do is for the listeners at home, we'll connect you with Paul Kazanowski via LinkedIn. The link will be in the show notes. And thank you for the perspective. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. We'll go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.